It's time for our Wednesday Bible study session. It's 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Stefan Maillet with you. The Early Bird Podcast Sessions. AddedSouls.com is the website. We're going through the book of Genesis. We're in chapter 8 this time around. Episode 9, I believe. And uh, if you're new to the program, by all means, you want to follow along or get updated with the study, you'll find the videos there uh, archived on this channel, the Added Souls channel, to which I uh, encourage you to sign up, subscribe, follow, like, share, comment, all that kind of stuff. That's what we do. We have an itinerary from Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Monday, I share the sermon I preached on Sunday with you. On Tuesday, we analyze the lyric. We take a song from the secular world and examine the lyrics. On Wednesday, here we are. We study the Bible. We're going through the book of Genesis. On Thursday, we have a topical trip, a discussion on specific topics. And on Friday, a socio-political discussion. Current affairs, current events, stuff like that. So uh, if you think that's up your alley, by all means, stick around. And for those of you out there who seek to get involved and in partaking in this good work, Please consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. It's free to do so, but from therein, you can uh, choose to support whatever you are willing and able to support. No amount is too small. No amount is too big. It all goes towards the Added Souls ministry, the mission fields we're in, and the work through the Maya family, making sure we got food to eat, that kind of good stuff. Everything's transparent. It's public. It can be uh, reported to you, updated to you monthly, all that kind of good stuff. There's also uh, PayPal, my email address, addedsouls at gmail.com. It's in the show notes. You can find it all there. You can send me an email as well if you seek a, uh, an address to send something to, okay? Is that good? Is that all right? Opportunities abound. When we pray and we look for them, they are there. Genesis chapter 8, the flood subsides, is what we're taking at a look at and reading the scripture therein. We're going to try to go through the chapter and see what we can have ourselves in study and discussion. Uh, quite the uh, catastrophic moment in our history recorded forevermore time, right? Looking at how deep and serious this change of the uh, global sphere and function and how um, everything in its continental uh, format has changed. Uh, this was not a small little rain that just flooded, you know, one location of the world or anything like that, like our, uh, you know, deniers. But rather, this was a global flood. Uh, the deep burst open, the sky uh, opened up everything. I mean, we're not talking about a heavy rain. We're talking about a flood. It, um, it, it, it was global. All uh, circumstantial evidence and the evidence that is found in all sorts of different um, places of the world, different people, both heathen and believer, uh, all point to this moment. It just is what it is. And it was a serious one. And through the spiritual mind, God had to justly destroy all things. Eight souls survived on the ark. Eight souls Noah, his wife, three of his kids, and their wives. That's what happened there. But God remembered Noah. And that's what we're going to get into in chapter 8 here. 
So let me put that up on the screen so we can read together. Go through it. There we go. All right. Put the camera down there. Okay. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. Chapter 8. The flood subsides. And God caused a wind to pass over the earth and the water subsided. I mean, he is the creator of this world, this earth, all that is good. And so through his justice, his judgment, he can supernaturally activate uh, what he has created naturally to function for his, just, his justice, his judgment. He has that power. And uh, now he is utilizing his power to uh, cause a wind to pass over the earth and have the water subside. There's a lot of water. Again, go back to episode, uh, what is it now? Eight, I forget, in the archive videos of this channel. And uh, you'll see how we'll go through chapter seven and uh, God's power there. Also, the fountains of the deep and the floodgates of the sky. See, that's what took place there. It's not a small little rain. It's not a drizzle. It's not a mist. It's not even a downpour. It's not tarantula. It, it's, this, is, this is fountains of the deep and floodgates of the sky. You're not running, you know, to find a place that's going to be uh, giving you security. You're going to drown if you're not on the vessel. And everyone who wasn't on the ark drowned. Also, the mountains or the fountains of the deep and the floodgates of the sky were closed, and the rain from the sky was restrained, and the water receded stead as steadily from the earth. And at the end of one hundred and fifty days, the water decreased. In the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month. The ark rested upon the mountain of Ararat. And oh, how many go seeking for the ark resting on the mountains of Ararat. They won't find it. It's gone. It's not going to be an idol for anyone. And what is the mountains of Ararat? You can go ahead and speculate. You can have all kinds of theological discussions and runarounds. You can have all kinds of archaeological um, opinions and uh, opportunities to go dig here, dig there. Don't matter. You're not going to find it. It's gone. And that wood in a and 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 the ark in a time like that would have probably been used after the flood to burn the wood to use the wood somehow, some way. This gopher wood. And you and I don't need to know what gopher wood is as long as Noah had and he did. And he obeyed everything God had commanded him to do. He did it. So. Anyways, I say that because some Christians have the idea that they need to find the ark on the mountains of Ararat. Well, if God wants the ark to be found, it'll be found. The water decreased steadily until the 10th month. And let me say that also about the ark. It doesn't mean it's not fascinating to listen to the stories of some of our brethren who go on looking for that. I don't want to be dismissive, you know. So forgive me if I sounded dismissive. I'm not being. I don't want to be dismissive. Uh, it's interesting to watch their 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 thought process and the and the great uh, efforts they've made to try to find it. <clears throat> They're just not going to find it. But anyways, 
well, I mean, unless God, of course, allows that to take place, but it is my opinion that they won't find it. And let's, let's just be there. I don't want to be hardlining on something again that's in the air. So the water decreased steadily until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Uh, this was not a small rain. Again, fountains of the deep, floodgates of the sky. It's going to take a while for the water to recede. Could God have done it in a, one second? Well, of course he could have done that. But there's a process taking place, and it's for the benefit of humankind. For us to understand and read and know that 24 hours in a day takes place, and seven days a week, and all that kind of stuff. Then it came about, verse 6, chapter 8, Genesis. Then it came about at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. 40 days. The end of 40 days. Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. What's a window? Well, it's a look outside. It's a location you go to have uh, visual reception of what is taking place out there. Uh, you got to put yourself in the shoes of Noah and his family at this time and what's taking place and how it is um, noteworthy, to say the least, of what they've experienced and the trauma from it and uh, how it happened and all that. And he sent out a raven, right? We're going to do that. And it flew here and there until the water was dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove from him to see if the water was abated from the face of the land. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. So she returned to him into the ark, for the water was on the surface of all the earth. Then he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark to himself. So he waited yet another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. The dove came to him toward evening, and behold, in her beak was freshly picked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water was abated from the earth. Then he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, but she did not return to him again. Land, right? Um, biological findings, organic, life, earth, hope, a new world. And that's the beauty of chapter 8's revealing. Um, there was evil. God knew there was evil. God saw evil. God destroyed evil. Capital punishment. A just judgment. But yet still, grace, hope, remained through Noah, who found favor in the eyes of God for walking with him, being one who wanted to do what was right according to God's commands. So there's hope. There's a new world. This one's going to go away. This one's going to go away, and there's going to be a new one. And they have the blessing of seeing this new one and seeing that there is um, a tomorrow. Sometimes, you know, we're in, we're in the flood. 
we're in the boat there and we don't know when it's the storm's gonna end. Sometimes it seems the storm never ends. It seems to go on and on and on and on and on. But it's gonna end. The storm is going to end. The flood is going to subside. The water's gonna go back in the earth. And we're gonna be able to open the window and see a tomorrow. Right now we don't see tomorrow. Because we're in the storm. We're in the flood. There's a lot of things going on. But tomorrow there's a new world and there's a new path and there's a new hope. Right? Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's about and that's what we have to focus on. So now it came about, verse 13, in the 601st year, in the first month of the first of the month, the water was dried up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the surface of the ground was dried up. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. You wait till God tells you what to do. In this circumstance, in this life, we wait. Be patient. I know it's a difficult storm out there. And it seems that you've been isolated and alone in that ark. Might be telling yourself, are we the only faithful members in the church here? Yeah, sometimes that number's low. Sometimes you do feel isolated and alone while you ride the storm. God's come. God's with us, or more better, or better said, we are with God. And as we are with God, God's blessings are certainly upon us. And uh, God's going to have a day when He says, "Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you." There's a new day. There's a new age. There's a new world. There's a new purpose. There's a new goal. There's a tomorrow. There's a tomorrow to all of this, right? Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Everything was about death. People were evil and violent and wicked and about death. Death, 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 death. God got tired of all the death. So he had to punish those who were guilty of bringing death. But now, now that judgment has taken place and all that was evil has been removed for the time being, a new chance, a new hope, a new purpose, a new world. Life. Death has gone away. Now, we have a new chance at life. Now it's a fallen world. And uh, because it's fallen, and the severity of what took place when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, uh, we all got to depart this one at any given time in our existence on this earth. But for Noah and his family, there was hope in this new world. Not death, but life. Bring out with you every living thing. Why? Because everything out there had been 
subject to death. So now we want life. Life, and not only life, but life with purpose, procreation. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by their families from the ark. Each according to their kind, they procreated according to their kind. That's how that works, male, female, to their kind. There's work to do. There's a new hope, a new world. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, immediately. That's important, isn't it? And took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. God. You still worship God. You give glory to God. You praise God. You sacrifice to God. It's all about God. God is not the guilty party here. Nope. Nope. God is the just judge. And God administered capital punishment. And it was just that he did so. Because mankind had corrupted themselves in such violence and wickedness, murder, evil. So here's a new, a new hope, a new world. And so God must be praised. I mean, Noah, thankful. We must be thankful today, having been saved by Jesus, our Lord and Master. We thank God. We worship God. There's a new life for us now. We died to the old. And when we came up out of that water, we were born again to this newness of life. Romans 6, 3 and 4. We're now clothed with Christ. That through our faith. In the system of faith. Redemption. Galatians 6. Uh, sorry, Galatians 3, 26 and 27. We were spiritually operated on, Colossians 2.12, right? Peter said it plain, so plainly, it saves us now, 1 Peter 3.21. Jesus understood that very well and commissioned it to his apostles in Mark 16.16. 16. It was the message given to all the people who were receptive to the word of God in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Well, we have a newness of life now. There's a new hope. There's a new world. We have the perspective of spiritual things. Right? We were wicked, but now we are in Christ. We are no longer to practice wicked things. And it's so sad that some of our brethren choose to remain wicked. Hmm. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. We worship God and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offering, offerings on the altar. All things good belong to God, and He is worthy of our offerings. He is worthy of our offering. We give to Him. We sacrifice to Him. He is the reason we exist. We speak to Him. We pray to Him. We read His words. We live in His Son, our King, our Lord and Master. And when we do so faithfully, the Lord smelled the soothing aroma, and the Lord said, 
to himself. I will never again curse the ground on account of man. For the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. And I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. It was a one-time deal for the earth to be destroyed in such a way. God is in control how the earth is destroyed. I assure you it won't be climate change, and it won't be an asteroid. It won't be war or some kind of bomb, nuclear bomb or atomic bomb. The wiping out of civilization and every single human being on this planet Earth does not belong to any government or any corruption. It is in the hands of God. And He is just, and you can sleep at night knowing that. Well, it doesn't mean they're not going to drop bombs and cause war and kill three-quarters of the population. They've been trying to do that now for a while, since they think we are the CO2 that must be extinguished. I assure you, that's exactly what they're doing. But they'll never manage to wipe us all out. It's not in their hands to do so. It's in God's hands to do so. We need to worship God. We need to thank God. We need to be fearful of God. He has the power to send the soul to heaven or hell. And he is just. He is just. The wicked. The wicked drowned and are found in torment. <clears throat> and sadly, the wicked today are found behind pulpits. They're found in the eldership. They're found within the deacons. They're found within the fold. Not all. Not all. There's still good, faithful, righteous preachers and evangelists and elders and deacons. There are good, decent, faithful Christians who are servants, and humbly so. <clears throat> but there's a lot of sneaky snakes out there, wolves in sheep's clothing. Got to be careful. Well, God's going to take care of them in His time. <clears throat> we do what we got to do. What did Noah do? He built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Well, you and I, we don't do that today because we no longer live under the law of the Old Testament. We learn from the law of the Old Testament as to God's nature and the coming Christ. But you and I, we live under the dispensation of the Messianic Age, the New Testament system. The 27 books of the New Testament is our law. We are bound by that law. That law supersedes any kind of governmental power, any king or queen or prime minister or president or whoever. We, Christians, are citizens of the kingdom of God. Christ is king. His law is the rule we are subject to. And we congregate and worship God on Sundays together as a family, his congregation. And we do certainly pray that it is a soothing aroma to our Lord and Master, to the God of all things. I will never again curse the ground, he says, on account of man. For the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. Now, of course, false teachers, Calvinists, are going to try to pluck that out of its context and say, see, you're born guilty of sin. No, you're not. Be quiet with that nonsense. Scaring folks into all kinds of misguided interpretations. Little babies are not wretched, evil, guilty, sinful creatures from hell. Go away with that nonsense. For the intent of men's heart is evil from his youth. 
his youth. We all reach the age of independent accountability, just like in the age of Noah's era. And they chose to follow the footsteps of their forefathers, which was violent and corrupt. And so of their own independent accountability, they chose to be evil from their youth, to do what was wrong, and to follow the pattern of their forefathers, which was corrupt. They weren't born that way. From conception, the little baby in the womb is not an evil, guilty creature of all kinds of sinful things and wicked. It's not his sinful nature, as perverted translations would have us believe. Is there a sense in which we humans are uh, gravitating towards fleshly or carnal things? Yes. That is the situation we have ourselves with the blessing within the blessing of free will. If we didn't have that, we wouldn't have free will. We'd be robots, and we couldn't choose to love or hate God. And God, as the Father, wants us to be able to choose from our own free will if we love or hate Him. That wouldn't be possible if it weren't for the situation all around us, allowing us to choose evil or good. And in that day and age, judgment had to come upon the people because their intents were evil. But God will never destroy every living thing as he'd done so in the age of Noah. And it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night, shall not cease. Things are going to go according to the natural function. And they will keep doing so till the age, well, or till the end of age, meaning in context, the end of time, the end of what we now here experience on this earth. The second coming of our Lord and Master. He will never set foot on this earth again, Religious liars will have you believe that he's going to walk on earth and go to Jerusalem and, rest and restore uh, Jerusalem and build a, a kingdom there, a physical kingdom, and be a physical king for a thousand years and all that nonsense. That's a bunch of garbage. It's just not true. And if you're a seeking soul, I assure you the answers are there. And you can reach out to me. I'll share the studies. I had to go through this. been a decade strong. All that stuff is garbage. It's not true at all. And I know how difficult it is when you believe that stuff and when you're wrapped up into that stuff and that's the stuff you've been told from the pulpit for decades and it's part of your family and it's part of the church you go to and I know all about that. Don't, don't, it don't change the fact that it's, it's not true. Jesus will not set foot on this earth again. We crucified him. It's not like if he, uh, oh, I guess plan A didn't work. I'll have to start with plan B. I thought the Jews were going to receive me, but they crucified me, huh? I guess I'll have to try again another time. No, that's the nonsense of Calvinism and premillennialists and all that garbage out there. We're going to have to meet Jesus in the sky one day, as the scriptures so reveal. Right? But till then, till then, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Life goes on, <laughs> right? Whether we be here tomorrow or not, the mountains, the sky, the stars, the sun, the rivers, things will keep going. 
Good and evil will be there, right? Cold and heat, summer and winter, seed time and harvest, all that stuff. Until God says, that's it. The trumpet sounds, the sky opens, the trumpet sounds, and it's the end of all of it. It's over. Too late then, right? Get right now. That's the whole thing there. Anyhow, so that kind of finishes off chapter 8. And uh, we'll wait till next week to do chapter 9. Yeah, we'll wait till next week to do chapter 9. A lot of good information there, right? Some information that is important for us in our faith today. The things we need to understand, right? Um, sometimes we tend to think the book of Genesis is just far gone and doesn't hold much weight for us in our faith today. It certainly does. We need to go back there and visit it every so now and then. That's why I chose to go through the study of Genesis for our uh, first book on our Wednesday study sessions. Um, this There's a lot of evil in this world. There's a lot of evil. God sees it. God, God recognizes it. And he'll judge it. But there's hope and there's a new life and there's a new world for those of us who are faithful in Christ. You may find yourself in a time in your life where you are desperate, you are doubtful, you're down. You may be hurt. You may be persecuted. People you love may uh, have betrayed you, uh, your own family. You may find yourself uh, split, divided. Um, the devil does that. You know, wolves in sheep's clothing, they do that. When you go back to Noah and you see what he had to go through, you know, and the things he experienced and such violence and, and murder during his age, and that God still allowed mankind to survive. You know, that could have been the end of it for all of us. But Noah was faithful in his time, to the best of his ability, which again, I've said this before, many congregations would probably not hire Noah. He was not mature enough. He's not well-versed enough. You know, he's not a social coordinator for all the activities we need to have for the youth enough. They wouldn't hire Noah. But yet in God's eyes, Noah was faithful in his time. You may be found on the somewheres in the world where it's a very unbelieving and secular world filled with all kinds of uh, heathen and pagan nonsense. Well, don't lose heart. Be as faithful as you can in your time. God's going to judge all of this. We need not practice revenge or retaliation. We need not be vindictive or bitter. Though it's difficult, and it's very easy to say that, but it's a difficult thing to practice, especially when a lot of bad things are happening to you. But there's a new there's a new life. There's hope. Maybe you're bogged down in sin. Maybe sin's just been at you. You know, there's a lot of sinful things out there that'll eat at your mind. It'll bog you down. Fornication, adultery, homosexuality, abortion, you know, all that kind of stuff. Maybe it's getting you down. Maybe addiction, you know, to drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. Maybe it gets you real down. I know what I'm talking about. I've lived, I've lived it. It gets you down. There's a new life. There's a new hope. There's a new world out there. You just have to seek it. Follow Jesus. That's what you and I do today. Noah followed the great I am. He followed the great I am and he did not need to drown 
with the wickedness out there. He didn't need to drown with them. He had hope. He was in the He was found within the location of uh, of salvation and security. Friends, if you're not in that location today, you're gonna drown spiritually speaking. Well, where is that location? Well, within the church Jesus built. It's a spiritual location. And it's not according to what man has done and created in their own image, because mankind has created Christianity in their own image. We're disenfranchised with that. Those organized uh, denominational religions, they, have, they, they don't belong to God. They masquerade as if they do, but they, they don't. You got to seek legal citizenship of the church Jesus built. And the church Jesus built most certainly bears his name and no other name. But we all know the devil likes to use the name of Jesus to fool you. We gotta be careful for that. That's why you gotta be humble, honest, genuine, sincere. You gotta truly look for the answers. They're there. Ask, seek, and knock. If you do, they're there. And going back to the age of Noah and reading about this account, there's a lot of hope there. There's a lot of hope there. Noah must have been so alleviated, so uh, desperately hopeful to see a new world, to see that he did not need to drown. But it must have been so difficult, though, right? For so long to fight against so many people who are wicked. The injustice of it all. And justice came, and it came abruptly. And it came upon many who were not expecting it, not expecting it whatsoever. And that's how it's going to happen at the end of the age. The world ain't going to expect it. And sadly, a great many Christians who are so self-righteously convinced that they're on the way to heaven are going to gnash their teeth in hell for eternity because of the wickedness they practice. There's a lot of stuff going to be revealed on that day. And I speak that not of a high-minded exaltation. I speak that as a lowly blue-collar guy just like you. Gals and girls. Girls and gals. Guys and gals. We need God's grace. I need it as much as you do. I tell you, there's a lot of stuff going to take place. Best be ready. Eh? That alright? Okay, well that'll conclude this session for this day. Regarding chapter, uh, what were we at now? Chapter 9, right? Chapter 8, sorry. Chapter 8 of Genesis. And we do certainly encourage you to stick around with us as we do study the that book uh, throughout the coming uh, weeks as well. We'll do chapter 9 next week. Here's the itinerary, in case you're interested. I keep repeating it so that, you know, any of our new viewers want to stick around. On Mondays, I share the sermon I preached on Sunday. On Tuesdays, we examine song lyrics from various artists and talk about that. On Wednesdays, we have ourselves a Bible study. We've been going through the book of Genesis. On Thursdays, we have ourselves a topical trip, discussion on specific topics. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to talk about, that's perfectly fine. Send me an email. We'll talk about it. On Friday, well, that's where we have ourselves a bit of a sociopolitical uh, interaction. Interaction with political affairs and current events. Uh, through the, of course, Christian perspective. So if you think that's something that might benefit your life, one form or another, 
please choose to subscribe to the channel here. This channel is Added Souls. Everything's Added Souls. The ministry is Added Souls. This studio is Added Souls. And uh, like, share, comment, rumble, sign up, do everything you got to do, and be part of the team. Be part of the family. Let's learn together. Let's talk about stuff. Don't need to agree with everything I say. But we need to seek the truth together, though. That's, that's important. The truth matters. It really does. If some of you out there, Christians, faithfully so, want to find a good work to get involved with, here it is. You've been praying to God for a good work to get involved with and support. Ding, ding, ding. Here's your sign. Sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. Sign up there for free. And you can choose to support monetarily, monthly. There's no amount too small, no amount too big. It goes to the Added Souls Ministry and the mission work of the gospel, wherever the Maya family may roam. We've been doing this since uh, 2012. September 20th, 2012 is when this was created. But I've been uh, with God since June 26th, uh, 2011. And many of you have been with me from the beginning. You know, I'm transparent. We keep things with reports and updates, all that kind of good stuff. You can also donate through PayPal, addedsouls at gmail.com. Send me an email if you need an address. All that good stuff. I love you guys. I'm happy you love me too. Stay focused, stay positive. Tomorrow morning, Lord willing, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Peace out.